The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Ryan and Dave here from the podcast. Uh, Yeah, well... <laughs> uh, we basically had a snafu. We went ahead and actually uh, finished recording a full episode for you guys. We had actually, you know, had a little w- a week off last week, and uh, we recorded everything, all, all the content, you know, solid, yeah. almost hour and a half of content, solid stuff. You know, super proud of it. A lot of funny stuff, especially from me. But um, <laughs> for some reason, GarageBand, um, I guess the old version or whatever, just decided not to work. And uh, the playback was unlistenable. Just brutal. So uh, we can't really send that out to you guys. Instead, what we're going to do is have the uh, interview that Ryan already had beforehand uh, pre-recorded. In case you guys haven't figured out yet, Ryan usually tapes these things maybe sometimes ahead of time. <gasps> yeah. What? I know. It's, it's insane. It's almost like I'm just quiet throughout the whole time and no one can figure out why. Um it's like so, telling listeners about like no Santa Claus yeah. or something. What are you doing? Yeah. So twenty uh, third hour, Ryan. Do you want to talk about them a little bit? Just yes, of course. Uh, they're gonna we're gonna show that interview. Thankfully, that interview survived mm-hmm. this tech issue we had. Uh, these guys are great, and I think just being able to listen to them is a good a good uh, podcast episode in and of itself. They're a California based jazz pop duo, Sherry Lindley. George Paolini, they got a new album, Perfect Strangers, uh, that's out now. It was the highest-ranking new jazz release by an unsigned artist. They're going to talk about collaborating together, effective music launch strategies. We've talked before on the podcast, Dave, about uh, achieving success in the indie music industry at the any whole, age. The whole, yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. And you know, you know, no matter how old or young, you can still achieve success. These folks are a little older. They've made some great music together. They're going to have a lot of great insight for you, so it's okay, going to be a good interview. Cool. I would say the whole point of this thing is to be short, otherwise people are going to wonder why we just record the show again. But then again, recording a show is like a, like a three-hour almost uh, it sort takes of a long time, experience, yeah. so it's not just take-two. Um, also, the big news is Ryan uh, has uh, finished his audio book for Break the Business. Don't put any sound effects on it. Oh, God. Sound effects are meant hey, for look, the whole show. I know, but I can't, I can't control the audience, man. If they're happy for okay, me, like they're going to clap. So on Friday, June 2nd, you can get the audiobook version of Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Hey, how about that? I haven't even said the damn thing out loud in a while, and I said I it right. You nailed it's pretty it. pretty damn good. That first try. I can't um, believe it. Where could people get a hold of this, Ryan? Uh, it's going to be on Amazon, iTunes, iBooks, all those places where books are. Audio books are. Yeah. Yeah. Our eyes. Um, I'm super excited for us. Uh, we've been teasing it for months because mm-hmm. I've been in the studio recording it, but now it's it's done. It sounds great. I'm narrating it. I hope that's not a drawback for you, the listener, yeah. but we're but, happy with it. Yeah, so again, Friday, June 2nd for the audiobook. Uh, please uh, check that out. Um, throw Ryan a bone here. The man works hard for you guys. Uh, this is his only source of income. You know, oh, yeah. We do this at a cardboard box. His wife is moments away from leaving him because he cannot provide... <laughs> So do him a do him a solid. Buy the uh, audio book, and uh, sorry again, uh, technical issues. But you know we had a nice little show for you. But uh, we'll catch you guys again next week when hopefully we'll have the issue resolved. We think we've got it. Um, but uh, until then, uh, enjoy twenty third hour, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. They are a California-based jazz pop duo whose new album, Perfect Strangers, was called an absolute delight by Patch.com and became a top 10 release on iTunes. You can find out more about them at their website, www.23rdhour.com. That's 23rdhr.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Sherry Lynn Lee and George Paolini of 23rd Hour are on the Break the Business Podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, it is my pleasure. I have truly, truly enjoyed checking out your songs. You two are, and I don't know if you're going to like this adjective, but absolutely adorable. It's <laughs> everything about you. So adorable. I love the music you guys are making together. I'm curious, how did you two start collaborating? Well, I had just moved to the Bay Area in 2013, and I went to open mic at a coffee house. And I saw George playing, so I asked him if he ever collaborates with people, and if so, if he would like to collaborate with me. And so what I said was uh, a lie. I said, yes, I do, because I never, <laughs> I never had and never wanted to. Well, and you um, didn't know but, what she sounded like either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I actually had heard her um, I, a few weeks before. I, I happened to just walk in at the tail end of... Um, of uh, one of her performances, so I knew I knew she could oh, okay. play, uh, but but still I was uh, you know I, I've been playing uh, solo for a number of years. I'd been in a number of bands and just decided you know it really wasn't the thing for me. Uh, it's too much work, uh, too much politics, and um, you know I, I was kind of done with that. And and moreover, I'd never never uh, did songwriting in collaboration with anyone because I I just thought that was difficult at best to do. So, uh, so again, I lied and said, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, I, you know, a, a pretty woman asks you to the dance, and uh, what are you going to say? Yes. And uh, it was funny because we had, we got together the first time. We had literally no songs in common. We, we knew nothing in common. Yeah. And then is. I think after like or, two, yeah. or th two hours or so, we finally found... Um, Free falling by Tom Petty in yeah. common. <laughs> so, so, so for your for your listeners, you know, we're we're a, we're a generation apart, uh, and so you know, I I know the classic rock and jazz uh, era, and then there's a big gap, and then there's Sherry with you know the '90s onward with pop rock from that era. So we we really didn't have any songs that we knew in common. Um, but it was funny because what we we did discover was we had a strong we had a lot in common in terms of our affinity for strong melodies, for good lyrics, uh, and we loved harmonies. Uh, and and so we just started with that as our base and took it from there. Well, so I kind of like this idea of uh, Sherry Lynn sort of breaking through George's lone wolf exterior. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, a, I'm my own man, Sherry Lynn. <laughs> this, this cowboy rides alone. But no, she got through to you, <laughs> and you made great... Music together. And so I think this leads me to this next question. So you're working together, your your, your partners, your, your songwriting partners, and that can lead to the creation of great music as it has very much done with you two on this Perfect Strangers album. But it's inevitable when you're working with somebody, especially when you're a generation apart, when you come in with interests in different genres, conflicts are inevitable. So how do you guys manage that conflict when you work together? And more importantly, do you have any advice to the other artists out there who are in duos, who are in bands, in how to manage that conflict? Uh, that's that's a good question, and there's probably multiple answers. Um, <laughs> one other thing to understand about us is um, 
we have uh, similar personalities, I think, in that we're both yeah. very stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, in fact, we were we were just working uh, last night on a, on a new song. And um, I think what we've probably discovered is there's got to be give and take. I, and that sounds kind of cliche, but but uh, I, it certainly is true for me. I, again, coming from sort of the lone wolf experience, <laughs> uh, where it was my way or the highway. Um, uh, you know, and, and Sherry's got a strong personality and she can make her case. And if she can make her case, then I'm willing to listen. And I think it probably works the same. Yeah, I think we both respect each other as songwriters, as writers in general. And um, if, you know, if, if he really believes strongly in something um, and maybe I don't, then I'll I'll just go with it for now, see where it goes. Maybe he has something that's, you know, at the back of his mind that is not quite developed, but maybe, you know, we should explore it and see. So I think um, we both try to remain very open to possibilities and we'll try different things and then we'll say, well, this didn't, this maybe didn't work quite well. What about this? Um, and we try to keep it very open so that it's not, oh, that sucks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so is the goal eventually to res to try to get consensus on every decision, or are there certain aspects that are Sherry Lynn's decision and certain aspects that are George's decisions? Like, how does that kind of work? Yeah, I think um, it, it's more the latter. I think um, usually one of us comes in with an idea in the songwriting area, or even in the performance, you know, how we want to arrange a song. Um, and, um, so that person sort of gets, I think, first cut at, you know, how it's going to go. Yeah. Usually if, for example, George wrote the song, then I let him lead on that. And I asked him, you know, what, what would you like me to do? And what do you have as a vision for the song? Um, and then I kind of take that and put in my flair on it. Um, and it's the same way when it's my song and he's coming in and we try to figure out, okay, what was I hearing when, when, um, I had this idea and when it's a song that we put together, I, I don't know, I think it just somehow worked out. <laughs> We've been lucky so far. Well, chemistry yeah, certainly good. helps with that. Yeah. So yeah. how about division of labor on non-music projects? Cause like any indie artist, you know, you can't, it's not just what you do in the studio. So much of what yeah. you have to do to move your career forward is outside of the studio, websites, music launch, oh, coordinating yeah. your marketing. Oh yeah. I mean, that's probably, you probably spend more time outside the studio than inside we, doing. We stuff. absolutely, yeah, we absolutely do. And, and, and we were, um, uh, trying to estimate, you know, the amount of time, uh, and we're pretty sure it's about 80% of our time is really on the business aspects of, of the, the, you know, of, of what we're trying to do. And, and 20% of it is really on the creative music performance side. So it's really very, very heavily weighted that way. I think, um, it, we kind of naturally divide things, divide and conquer. Uh, Sherry's, um, just a wizard at, uh, at social media. So um, I do the website, the social media, hmm. um, and then. George does the gig bookings. Yeah, do the gig bookings. I do the arrangements. I, I work with, if, if we're uh, hiring a band to support us, I work in terms of... Uh, Making uh, sure they have everything. Make, make sure they have everything. Uh, so so we, we kind of divide it that way. Um, and, and it seems to work. And then we back each other up. Um, we, we both blog. We both, uh, you know, um, uh, work on the email marketing campaigns, uh, the database, and and all of that good stuff. It's all you know very much uh, in the minutia, and it's it's a lot of drudgery, but it has to be done. Yeah, yeah. and I would say it's a it's a fifty fifty split. Like we we work 
equally hard yeah. at you know whatever the task it is that we do. And and I think we're good at doing handoffs and asking for help when we need it. Yeah. Uh, and so you know it it seems to work out. Well, that's certainly uh, important. So let me talk to you about how that sort of division of labor and your whole process came into action with. Uh, your release of your current album, Perfect Strangers. So you guys debuted as the highest ranking new jazz release by an unsigned artist on iTunes, which is so cool. Can you talk Thank about you. some of the things that you did in your launch process to get the release that you were able to get? Sure. I, I think um, the first thing was we we wanted a very special venue to do our, re, our release party. Uh, we wanted to build up a lot of buzz around uh, that event and we uh, wanted to frame ourselves as a jazz duo right. as opposed to just some band. Yeah. So we, we found a, a very nice venue, a nice jazz supper club. They, they deal with, you know, high-end acts, touring acts, national acts uh, that are coming through. Um, and they and, you know, we kind of lucked out there because uh, we we sent I sent them some music. Uh, they actually listened to it and they liked us. We found out later they listened to somewhere between seven and ten bands a day. Uh, that they're you know filtering to um, to accept into that club. Uh, we made the cut. Uh, we worked with them on setting up that venue, setting up the the, the whole event. Um, and you know it's a little outside of our range of our hometown. Uh, and we th we started thinking about okay you know we've got to fill this room. We want this place to be standing room only. We we really want to build. Um, some buzz around this. And, yeah, so um, the owner said, you know, usually this room needs a minimum of, I think, 60 people. But since you guys are playing there for the first time, I'm willing to lower that to 40. Right. Um, and we were like, no. Yeah, we, no, 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 no. We have to make sure that we exceed his expectations so that he wants us back and it was and it was a, a show on a thursday night so yeah it's not not, a, not an optimal night it's not you know not the weekend yet yeah so then that's why we decided okay how can we engage the community in redwood city where the venue is how can we get more people from that area to come to our show and um how can we make that something that benefits the community there yeah. So um, as we started talking about that, um, one of the things we, we have a strong, um, uh, you know, emotional attachment to is uh, music education in the schools. And, and as we all know, uh, you know, funding for programs that are that are deemed extracurricular, like arts and music, uh, have gone by the wayside as, as budgets have been constrained over the years. Uh, and so we started thinking about, well, you know, what could we do that would support the community um, and and in return have the community support us? And we started thinking about, well, gee, why don't we do something with supporting the, you know, uh, music education in the schools? And, and as it happens, there's a very, very good program within Redwood City where we were doing the event. We contacted them and we said, you know, we'd like to do this event. Uh, and we'd like to do it in support of uh, the Redwood City Education Foundation. And they they were right on board immediately. Uh, and in exchange, you know, they, they've got their own database and um, uh, social media contacts with about 8,000 homes in the Redwood City area. Uh, and so we started working with them on collaborating on how they could reach out to that community to support our event. Uh, and in exchange, we would donate the proceeds from our event to their foundation. Um, and, um, that was one of the things we did to fill the room. The other thing was, um, again, just, uh, 
the the tedium of of uh, putting together databases of uh, an email list. You know, as we were doing our research, um, social media, you know, is obviously very important, but really the way to engage. If you really want to engage and hold your your audience and your um, your fans, it's really through an email uh, marketing. Yeah, uh, I have to program. say, for the email marketing, um, we spent a lot of time customizing our emails for different groups of people, even even just for the Bay Area. Um, George sent, I think, six different emails that are customized for each group of people that he has worked with. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I've yeah. I, I, I worked in Silicon Valley for a number of years, and um, through my, my social media contacts, I've built a pretty good uh, following. Um, and so I tapped into that, but to Sherry's point, I mean, I, I tapped into it and filtered it um, by those that I knew who were uh, either musically inclined or loved music or, um, you know, were more of a friend to me than just a work colleague. Uh, and then we, we, we filtered them by geography. We filtered them by um, places that I've worked. Uh, and then, as Sherry said, we started tailoring the emails to those specific audiences as specific as we could be uh, to make it very personalized as opposed to just another email blast with a you know, catchy headline. Yeah, and I think that made a huge difference uh, because after that, we made the mistake of not tailoring one yeah. of our campaigns and we, and we and we had like 40 unsubscribes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> not only 40 unsubscribes, but the open rate was very low. Uh, the click-through rate was very low as opposed to the ones that were very tailored. Um, our our uh, open rate was twice the industry average and a click rate was about two or three times as high. So, you know, we, we um, you know, and another part of that is we're learning as we go. I mean, we haven't done any of this uh, really before ourselves. I mean, we're, we're just figuring it out. We're reading, we're listening to blogs, uh, you know, and, and podcasts like yours uh, to get educated on, you know, what we need to do on the business side. Well, there's yeah. so much great stuff in there. Um, you, you guys sort of summarized an effective music launch release party in that answer. And I, and, <laughs> and I, I want to make sure that, you know, the, the, the listeners just picked up on all this because there was so much great stuff there working with a public service organization to, mm -hmm. you know, not only, you know, benefit the community, which we always like, but to build an audience around that and to support a good cause, um, creating a launch party around your release. So important. And you guys did such a great job with that. And Oh my goodness, tailored emails. Um, email lists are still the most important currency for communicating with people, still more important than Facebook and Twitter and all those things yep. because it release, reaches your audience directly, but nothing can frustrate people more than feeling like they're being spammed. And so having a tailored email, as you guys did, um, was, a, was fantastic. It was so great. Um, I want to do talk about something you guys do with your marketing, which, and I'm going to use this uh, again, is adorable and so great. Uh, you have this regular segment on your website, 23rdhour.com, that's 23rdhr.com, called Wine Wednesday. Uh, can you tell the listeners what Wine Wednesday is about? Wine Wednesday is where we sample a wine that we think we will like, and we try to match it with a song based on the wine's description, the taste, the reviews. Um, and really, it is a marketing tactic. And it came about probably a couple of months before our launch. And we were trying to figure out, okay, how do we ramp up our social media? 
And uh, we were talk talking to Ariel, and she's like, you know, you guys should get on Twitter. <laughs> so, I mean, I used Twitter a little bit before, but I wasn't very active on it. So I joined Twitter on our account, and I'm looking at, okay, what are some hashtags that maybe we can start tapping onto? And I started putting down a list of, you know, Motivation Monday, whatever, Tuesday, <laughs> and Wine Wednesday, and Throwback Thursday, and... And we both like wine, so I said, hey, you know, there's this hashtag every Wednesday, Wine Wednesday. Maybe we should do something about that. And then George came up with the idea, well, what, what about pairing a wine with a song? I'm like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's a, that, I think that's a good example of how we collaborate. There's a lot of give and take, and we feed off of each other creatively, I think. Uh, you know, she came up with the idea on doing this Wine Wednesday thing. Uh, it just kind of hit me, we'll do the song pairing. The other thing is, um, you know, we're, we're in the Bay Area, uh, and this is obviously a wine region. We've got the, the Livermore Valley, we've got the Monterey region, we've got Napa Valley, we've got Sonoma. I mean, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a, a very rich resource of, um, uh, you know, for, for wine. And so we thought, well, let's do this in a way where we can start um, highlighting um, local regional wines uh, and see if we can't get them interested in what we're doing uh, and, you know, maybe use this as a way to, in the future, get some gigs in some of these places, because that's what it's all about. Um, so, Sherry, maybe you want to talk a little bit about wh what what has happened in, in, the, in the, the aftermath of this. Yeah, so it was interesting. First, we did it. Um, so we do we do it as a live stream because so another marketing tip for people. Um, <laughs> I noticed that when Facebook came out with Facebook Live, they were promoting it really, really hard. They were trying really hard to get users to use it and to get viewers. So every time somebody goes live, I get a notification. So I'm like, huh, that's something we can use to have people watch our video. Sure. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this as a live stream every Wednesday. So we did that and we promoted, so we do the video on Facebook, we promote it on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. But then I realized a bunch of wineries are starting to respond on Twitter and Instagram and not really as much on Facebook. So they have a Facebook page, but they're not super active, but they seem like they're very active on Twitter. Um, so I started, you know, finding out a bit more about what they're talking about. And then I found some other hashtags like, um, they have a chat every Wednesday night and they have another chat every uh, Thursday night. I'm like, oh, okay. So then I started tagging those guys and um, we slotted our time so that it's right after their chat. So people, there's still a bunch of people online who are very engaged about wines. And I use this hashtag to be visible to them. And then a bunch of people started following us. And then um, after I think four or five episodes, we started getting wine influencers following us. So we have very few followers. At that point, we had maybe 30 followers. I mean, that's nothing. But then those influencers thought we were interesting. So they <laughs> followed us and they liked our tweets. And then some of their followers started following us. And then we're tagging a different winery every week. So yeah. they, they start it, following us. So each us. time we tag a winery, they start following us. So the last numbers you looked at um, were, uh, you know, as she mentioned, we might we might only have 30 or 40 followers, but the followers have uh, an audience that reaches out to like 600,000 600, people. Yeah. Right. They're good so, quality you know, followers. Yeah. Right. So um, 
So we started doing that and uh, we started getting more and more people who are, you know, interested in wine following us. And uh, it's been a constant growth. I would say on average every week we, we started out getting, you know, one or two and then it became five to ten. And now we're averaging about 10 to 20 per week. No, it, that's that's tremendous. And it, it it speaks to something we've talked about in this podcast all the time, which is one of the most important things that you can do for your career as an indie artist is take inventory of all of your skills and all of your interests, even if they're not related to music, and find out which ones you can creatively mix with your music career to promote yourself in interesting ways. And I think Wine Wednesday is a great example of that. And um, as much as I do love wine, and, and who doesn't, um, we, we, you know, let's uh, let's put the bottle down and get back to the music here. Um, I I am so excited to play the title track off your new album, Perfect Strangers, uh, coming up right now on the Break the Business podcast.
That was the title track off their new album, Perfect Strangers, by 23rd Hour, here on the Break the Business podcast. Guys, thank you so much for letting us play that. That was great. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you for playing it. Oh, and before we let you go, because this has been a treat, we've had lots of fun. We've talked about schools and wine and just a lot of things that I'm a fan of. Um, let's close the way we close with every interview. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Um, uh, I would say for, for me anyways, I, I would think of, um, what you're doing to promote, uh, yourself, uh, as an investment and think about that. Um, what, you know, one of the big controversies, um, in, for indie artists is, um, do you pay for play? Do you, do you play for free, uh, as a way to gain exposure? And I would say no to both of those. Um, what I would strongly emphasize, however, is that you think about, um, how you're investing in yourself and promoting yourself. So as an example, we talked about the, the event we did for our, our gig, our, our release party. Um, in the end, that cost us money. Um, we, we hired a band. We did a, we did a lot of promotion. We, and we invested in that you know, promotion to make that event very successful. We, didn't, and we donated our proceeds. And we donated our proceeds, but we didn't play for free. Um, you know, you, you have to establish a, a, a sense of worth about what you're doing. You're performing, you're, you're providing a service. Don't give that away. Um, but think about how you're investing, um, what you are earning, uh, and how you're using that to promote yourself to, to, to obviously grow your audience. Marvelous. Uh, Sherry Lynn, George, this has been a pleasure. You can follow them on Twitter at, at 23rd hour, all spelled out. Uh, they're at mm-hmm. facebook.com slash 23rdhr, and you can get them at their website, www.23rdhr. That's 23rdhr.com. George, Sherry Lynn, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan.